We attract our lessons so that we can grow. And so it's like, you know what? I don't want to wait for a whole soul cycle to get through this looping pattern. What if we can look at it now? Welcome back to the Awakening Her podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Amelia Vogler. She is a grounding and energy medicine specialist, an internationally respected teacher of energy medicine. She's a life coach and a meditation guide. Today, we are having such an interesting and helpful conversation on looping patterns and what is happening from a soul perspective as well as a human perspective when we have these looping patterns. Amelia also shares a lot about how to connect with your soul and so much more. I know you're going to love today's episode, so without further ado, let's dive in. Hello, Amelia. Welcome to the show. I am so excited you're here. How are you doing today? Hey, Talia. I'm so happy to be here. It's a gorgeous day in North Carolina. Sun's shining. Spring is coming. Little baby greens, like renewal is here. So I'm so happy to be riding that energy with you and your beautiful community. Yeah. Oh, I love spring. I truly do. I feel like when I was younger, I always was like summer, bare feet, you know, in lakes and road trips. And I love summer, but I feel like as I mature, I really appreciate spring. It's like that burst of fresh energy. And it's so everything is so fresh where I'm on the West coast of Canada, but in the Pacific Northwest. So there's a lot of rain and lush. And like you said, everything's starting to bloom and little buds. And I just, Oh, I love spring. It's a perfect day. You're right. <laughs> oh, I bet it smells amazing there. Yeah. 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 Forest. It smells like the forest <laughs> and we're very close to the beach. So I, I constantly am getting the, the ocean waves smell as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love it. It's a good time. Well, I'm really excited that you're here today and I'm really excited for everything that we are going to talk about. So could you maybe just start by letting everybody know a little bit about you and what you do? I can't wait to hear all about it and everyone's going to love to be introduced to you. So why don't you start with that? Oh, I'm I'm so grateful. That's so sweet. I usually don't get like an open floor. And that's so interesting because suddenly I'm presented with almost like, you know, those old projectors from, you know, they were round and they had all the slides in it. You remember those? Yeah, and suddenly yeah. that's the image. And I'm going, what slides should I pick? You know? <laughs> yeah. And and so I love this invitation because I'm here with your group and I'm here with this group consciousness. So let's see what slides come out for this group. And the first image that I'm seeing comes from my early childhood. And I grew up in a funeral home and I grew up visiting with the dead, not really intentionally. You know, it wasn't every day. I It was just part of the fabric of my childhood and seeing people who were not alive created a lifelong inquiry in me because I would see us who are very much alive. Those of us who, you know, endeavor to unfold ourselves in the seasons, like smell the fresh air and the ocean and the trees and like, you know, all of those choices, those tiny choices we make on the everyday that lead us closer to our aliveness or enrich our aliveness. That's what I've been interested in. And I was also born one of those super sensitive kids that, you know, I think one of the messages in my early life was, you're too sensitive, you're too sensitive, you're too sensitive. And I definitely heard that and shut down a lot of my gifts when I was little. 
But just like each of us, the river of life has many turns to it. And eventually uh, my river sort of landed me in the office of someone who does energy medicine. And that was because I had migraine headaches that would send me to the hospital and nothing could fix them. And, and so one of my friends said, why don't you try energy work? And I said, what is that? And in this very first appointment with my men, my now dear friend, then mentor, then teacher, practitioner, the whole bit um, named Sally, that first session, she held my feet and all of those gifts came back, literally rushing back being able to smell colors, being able to taste the sky, because I have the ability to kind of um, sense in the world in multi-dimensions, and they all get mixed up. It's actually, There's a name for it. It's synesthesia, but I don't have it all the time. I only have it when I need it now. You know, I've kind of gone through that refinement process of being able to turn it on and turn it off when I need to, and, you know, not be overwhelmed by the world. So there you go. I was a, I'm a, I'm a young woman who has a tapestry of awarenesses who studied the light in us ever since I was little and was curious about what makes us alive. And that unfolded me into choosing to follow those gifts into the a career of really listening to my intuition. I used to be in corporate America and things of that nature and just quit my job. You know, I was flying on corporate jets. I was really high up in the company and I said, I'm dead inside and I know what that looks like and I'm not doing it. I am, I'm going with what keeps me the most alive. Mm, I can so relate to so many things. The amount of times I've been told I was too sensitive, learning to just, just believe at that point that I'm different and I don't belong. I definitely yeah. don't feel and see the world the same as everyone else does. And what a weird feeling as a child to not, yeah, I just look back. I have so much compassion for my inner child and my childhood, because how are we to understand that? And what's actually going on and to later come around and realize these are gifts and they're malleable and expandable and we can turn them down as we need to and we can benefit others with them or help other people. But at the time, it's just like, whoa, <laughs> this is too much. I am so sensitive. And so I can really relate to that. Um, and also, you know, being sort of pressured to be on a path or choosing a path mm -hmm. that may be successful to other people may look great from the outside, maybe something your parents think is great, or, you know, you did, you check the boxes, but inside feeling so deeply unfulfilled. And I love that you said, like, I'm dying inside. I know what that feels like. And I choose again. And I think a lot of people listening can relate to that. Maybe they're going through it now, or they've had times in their life where it's just this relationship isn't working. This job is not what I meant to be doing. I have to change course. And what a brave thing to do. Was that hard for you to do at the time? Or was it kind of so obvious that you knew you had to leave your job? Well, it was so interesting. So at that time I was working at the number one um, company in the world to work for in software. And it was a small private company here in North Carolina. And they had um, a doctor's office on staff, full service hospital, like labs there. We had car detailing, you know, child care, uh, yoga classes, craniosacral, like just, it was just an incredible place to work. But I kept going to the doctor there. Deborah Basquette was her name. She was incredible. She was a true doctor. And she watched me over the years just 
kind of becoming more and more, more dull and less and less alive. And at some point I said, Dr. Beskett, I just, I think I'm wasting my time. And she said, I can't, I can't tell you to quit your job, but I'm going to give you 10 days of short-term medical leave so you can go home and pray about it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a doctor. (laughs) That's a doctor. And I, so for 10 days, I did nothing but fight myself, you know, really fight myself. Oh, I need the money. Oh, am I not going to be able to eat? Oh, am I going to lose my house? Oh, am I going to be able to survive? And, and, and it was like, at some point, that little part of me said, Amelia, if it doesn't work out, go back to engineering. You have skills. And then there was another part of me that was also very comfortable at the idea of going to Whole Foods and just being a cashier because they had great health insurance and everybody that works at our Whole Foods is awesome. You know, And I just thought there's some choices here and nothing is permanent. Like the nature of the universe is ever changing. And as soon as we start getting stuck somewhere, that I think is really important to listen to. And for me, this career that I had chosen somehow unfolded me into the biggest stuckness and my energy was just going flat. And you know what? We're too, you know, we're too precious to be flat. We're too, we're too amazing to not have that creativity flowing through us. And that's what I decided in those 10 days. I said, try what's going to happen. Just try. Mm. So I gave my notice and I never looked back. That's incredible. And it's amazing when you have that, you know, you, you realize that you've gone into all or nothing. Like I'm going to quit my job and I'm, it's either going to work out or I'm going to be homeless and I'm either going to be doomed or it's the best decision I ever made that that's it. And you go, wait a minute, if I'm that desperate, I could go work at a hundred other places that would feel better than what I'm doing now. And I, I actually got a job at a, at a health food store and at a naturopathic doctor's office a couple times while I was bridging the gap, while I was figuring yeah. out what to do, because I realized I didn't have to have a job I hated. I actually could have a job, like you said, at a health food store. We have whole foods too. It's very similar where it's like, at least I'm around natural health and other hippies and like-minded people and healing. Right. And it was beautiful. And it wasn't the fullest expression of who I am, but it wasn't sucking my soul either. And I learned a lot. And so I love that for everyone listening, contemplating career moves and whatnot, just remembering you can always fall back on something that doesn't suck your soul, even if it's not your end result or whatever that even means. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's like, you know, we learn everywhere we go. And I, I also have a, a real faith in the many roads that we could be walking, you know, even in this moment where I come, you know, sharing about a practice that I'm, I love, I've been doing this for what, 17 years now is my 17th year of working in this space. And, and I still think, wonder what else could be growing my soul in the same way, maybe not the exact same way, but, you know, learning the same lessons. Maybe I could have gone and, and done teaching in a different area. Maybe I could have been a library or a book, you know, working in a bookstore at a mystical store and, and having psychics come in. I mean, there's just, there's just so many paths 
And I think we get fixated on this, um, this idea that we have one purpose that we may or may not be on. Well, what if our purpose is exploring what's in front of you? Mm. And being open to receiving aliveness in the million forms it comes from. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> yes. Uh, I held this workshop about where to find your purpose. And I started out by saying, first of all, your purpose is not like your lost keys. I'm not going to come out of here and say, Hey, it was behind the couch the whole time. Or I'll say to people like, you're not going to come out of this program realizing you should have been an accountant. It's like, it is already within you. And really ultimately the way that I see it is your purpose is to be you and explore Mm -hmm. the multidimensional nature of you and to find joy and find fun and be creative and be expressive and relax a little bit. And that is ultimately your purpose. But when we want to turn that into something that is a business or helps others, there's ways to physically funnel it. But ultimately, you be you, boo. That's your whole purpose. Yeah, I love that. And and I want, you know, um, Talia, you also said something that I just want to reflect back because I feel like you just offered some really deep wisdom to your community when you said, where can it be more easy? Maybe that wasn't exactly what you said, but like if we all took this moment and we thought, how could I bring more ease to my breath? How could I bring more ease to my muscles? How could I bring more ease to making dinner tonight? How could I bring more ease to this moment? What if that becomes your sacred practice for an entire day? Just looking for more ease and what that's doing energetically is it's opening the doorway for more of you to come in mm-hmm. and for more of that aliveness to come through. And, you know, we're always battling these patterns of restriction and constriction. And so it's like, oh, how can it be just a little easier right now? Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'll do that with clients where I'll say, okay, this week we're focused on pleasure. And they're like, what do you mean? It's like, what what does that even mean? I'm like, how can you bring more pleasure? So I'll say like, sometimes I'll be doing the dishes and I'm hit with this awareness, more pleasure. I'll drop a little bit of lavender oil in the dishwater. I'll put on some meditation music or I'll open the window and get a fresh breeze as I do the dishes, like little tiny things, put on slippers, grab a cup of tea to sip in between like low, whatever it is, like, how can we bring more pleasure? Which, which reminds me of that. It's like ease and pleasure are very similar. It's like, how can I enjoy this more? How can I go on a walk with a warm cup of tea or even just really breathe it, really be in the moment while you're there, bringing in more pleasure to this moment, this, I'm just massive goosebumps as we talk. Yeah. This abundant moment. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Right there with you. (laughs) Oh, I feel like we have some like we could really like offer some beautiful like retreat spaces for people or something. Cause I feel you so much. And I really feel like I can't wait to see what comes up in this episode because I feel like we're so like-minded without us even realizing it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I almost called you soul sister. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We've, we've done this before maybe. Right. Um, so I'd love to start then, um, talking about, well, first of all, you shared with us your childhood and, or a little bit about what sort of led you here, but what are you currently doing now? And how do you offer your gifts now, um, to people? Like, what does your business look like? How do you support people? Well, my practice, it has sort of three 
different pillars to it. So I was, I was born an educator, you know, that's what I love more than anything. And I was just sharing before, I know you guys can't see me, but I actually have my hair done because I was teaching earlier today. And so I teach different, I teach cosmological principles, advanced energy medicine. I teach journeys, journey of the mystic, journey of the healer, like these experiential, how do we live this light that we are kind of, kind of programs. And in addition to that, I also write and record um, meditations and I do them. I've been a writer ever since I was little. So these meditations, they're really special. I have a group of musicians here that play instruments from all over the world, African harps, Armenian flutes, like really bringing the language of the world. And they write music to my meditations and I watch their energy shift while it's unfolding. So it's not just like, let's sit and breathe. There is huge benefit in sitting and breathing, but I want you to feel the shifts of this space. So I love to bring those meditations in my classes. I have them up on my website, blah, blah, blah. But my work with clients one-on-one really hinges on exploring looping patterns in people's lives. Like what, how do we free someone from a pattern that they've maybe inherited from their long ago story that, that, that feels so authentic to them. You know, I have people who say things like, well, I've been anxious my whole life. Maybe it's just me. Mm -hmm. I've had, I've never felt like I belonged here. So maybe that's just me, you know, but the thing is we inherit our soul essence from so long ago. And there are ways to get at that and and start exploring. Wonder where you picked this pattern up. What's the root? What's your origin story with this limiting looping pattern? And I say looping, that's kind of important because what happens as we live our life out, and I know that you're a... um, you know, attraction specialist, you do a lot of law of attraction, but you know, looping really is what happens is we are attracting the lessons that we're trying to learn over and over again. So when we start seeing looping patterns, it's like, oh, what is the seed of that? What's the energy pattern that's attracting that? You know, we like to think of law of attraction in the positive way because it can be really fruitful and supportive, but it also, we attract our lessons so that we can grow. And so it's like, you know what? I don't want to wait for a whole soul cycle to get through this looping pattern. What if we can look at it now? Mm -hmm. And what if we could change it with just new awareness because our consciousness is connected to this vast field of pure potentiality and, you know, a massive perspective. What if we look there for the information that you didn't know at the time when that pattern got encoded? Let's do that. Mm. So, and I feel like my early life with seeing the dead, I feel like there was transmission there because I have always understood how to work with the soul. I have always understood it. It's just something I came in with that says, when I can feel it in your story, I know where to go find it. And that's just like, it's, that's just part, I think of my spiritual inheritances here 
and my gifts, which I'm so grateful for. Yeah, it's very, uh, first of all, there's so much in that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And the looping patterns is something that I can't wait to dive further into. And just to touch on the spiritual gifts, it is really cool to recognize that gifts aren't just you know, um, like the new shoes you buy or the model of phone you have, like they're so different for everybody. And I know that everyone listening here, you are seekers, you have gifts, you are intuitives, you are highly sensitive and your gifts are different than other people. And I'll have some people say to me like, oh yeah, I went to a psychic and they picked up on the same thing you did. And it's like totally, but through different avenues, like everybody, you know, we all feel things differently. And I love that you were able to identify that that's one of your gifts is working with the soul and that sort of origin. And I have a similar gift where I, it might even be almost exactly what you're talking about, but again, our different flavors, but I can hear very quickly the root, what I call like the story. And so this is actually something I'd love to get into with the looping patterns. One I see a lot and one that I know so well is lack. And Mm. sometimes, like you said, we have this very lived experience. Well, no, but I don't have enough money. And you're like, no, I know that that's the present thing going on, or I don't have support or, you know, but further back, well, you know, these people weren't here for me, or I was let down here, or there was never enough growing up. And I sometimes think I'd love to hear your opinion on this, that it can even go back beyond this lifetime. It's just that we think, no, okay, so fine. The origin is my mom wasn't there for me or my dad walked out, but it might even go farther back than that. And it just keeps being recreated in these physical, very real in, in quotes, but very real things that are displaying lack yet. That wasn't the problem. And that wasn't the problem. It's actually this looping story. And I find that my gifts have really pinpoint. I've always been able to do it. I'm just kind of using it more powerfully with people realizing this is so powerful once we see that lack. And so the last thing I just wanted to say is with myself, it came to me through money. It was a lack of money and I got to provide for my Mm -hmm. kids. And what am I doing? You know, building this business and lack of lack of, but then I started getting really aware that it's also lack of time. I'm always worried. There's not enough time. I'm looking at the Mm -hmm. clock and the amount of times I've said to my husband, it's one 30, it's eight 30, it's nine (laughs) 30. And sometimes he's going like, yeah. And I'm like, well, but, and I just noticed this sense of never being at ease because there wasn't enough time. And then I don't have enough support and I don't have enough this. Mm -hmm. I don't have enough that. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. getting to that STEM was one of the biggest things that had me literally, like when we say quantum leap, like change into a new identity, into a new person, into new results, it was so big. So I'd love to hear about that, those looping patterns, how far back that can go. Do you have to actually get to the originating one event or is seeing the core story or this core thing that's looping enough or just anything you want to share about that? Oh, well, it's just so interesting. I, and, and it's, it's such a big topic, you know, how far back does it go? Well, I mean, the easy answer is as, as far back as it goes, you know, I mean, it sounds a little cheeky, but really I want to sort of pause, just take a pause right here and just say, I don't work with past life regression. So as we're going to go on and talk about different incarnations, 
I don't do regression work, which means we literally leave the energy body and go somewhere else. Because I believe if we are experiencing it here in our body, in our template, then let's work with it here. But that doesn't mean that we don't go into soul memory to go and find things. But what I try to do is I work with something called, well, it's soul memory. It's symbolic memory. And when we work with symbolic memory, what I ask of the energy is show us a story. Show us a story that's going to illuminate that which we need to know and understand to help flip this pattern and to help us resolve it. And so I tell my clients, this might feel very familiar to you, and it might not feel very familiar to you. Let's trust that. And I and I tell you, I really like working this way because before I worked with this, I would have people who would go into Roman lifetimes and get quartered and it would scare the hell out of them. Mm-hmm. Well, now, instead of having to go to the origin story that might be terrifying, we can have an experience in symbolic memory that gets us to that sense of, hey, I feel like I'm losing my arms and my legs. I feel like I'm being stretched. I'm starting to see my hands float away. Ah, let's bring them back. Let's use let's use some tools and visualization and bring all that back. Can you feel it? Can you experience it? Because when we're in that soul essence, we're in timelessness mm-hmm. and we're in pure potentiality. And so the answer to your question is kind of funny. Where do we have, do we have to go so far back? I don't really know, to be honest. I I feel like we are hitting the original pattern, but maybe we're not in the original moment. Mm -hmm. But if the soul learns and we can repattern it, let's do it here and move on with it. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Did I just confuse you? No, I actually, I totally, because I mean, one thing that's coming up as you're saying that is like the whole hologram, like we're kind of Mm -hmm. playing out the same thing over and over, which is what you're talking about. So if you're experiencing right now, and just to go back to my example of lack, say it's the lack of money, the emotions you're feeling when we dig a little bit about what that feels like and what that means about you and whatever else to whatever tools we use that is going to hit on the exact same wound. It's like, we're just scratching the same wound. So whether we go back to where the wound began or we just go now, it's still activated. The same energy is still activated. That's kind of the way I've been looking at it too. Even with inner child work, where a lot of people say like, go back to the scene. I've actually just been finding so much power in, you know, when was a time you felt that as a kid? And I might not be shown the original trauma, but I was shown a place where I felt it deeply and I'm feeling that now and we can bridge that gap and heal that. And it's so beautiful. So I, I love your answer there. And no, it wasn't confusing. It was. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I always ask when was, you know, let your symbolic memory show you the first time that you ever felt that feeling. Cause like you, when we follow the feeling we're out of linearity so that we can travel kind of the longer, more interesting story out of time. Um, so, you know, whether it's the very first moment or the somewhere it's where we land. And I, I trust that. And, and then you ask that second part of the question, which I think is such a great part about 
do you have to, you know, kind of work with one pattern and then another pattern and then another pattern, or are they related? And I feel like that depends on the person and the issue, like what the looping pattern is. But I do know that sometimes when you hit a story, let's say worthiness, well, worthiness could have a real deep relationship with lack. It could also have a real deep relationship with relationships and love. And so, you you know, we're always trying to find where, um, like what, what's the ground that these patterns are sitting on. And that's, you, you know, I think part of my method is I work with people for two hours the first time, because I want to, I want to learn more about your soul. But in that first hour, I'm literally listening for all of these different looping patterns and I can kind of see them and sense them. And then we start looking at how they're connected. And then we can always find the one that feels heaviest and most, oh, let's start there because it's amazing what will fall away mm-hmm. when you work with the, the root pattern. It is. And it's fast. Like not, I'm, I never come on here and say, do this in 30 days or one yeah. step to dissolve all your this. But when you hit it, I have really found that I almost instantly in my personal experience feel lighter and even just a bit more loved and held and safe. And so then the way I go about my day and the, the days following are just bouncier in energy and a little bit less doomy and a little bit less future tripping and a little bit more trust in myself. And that picks up momentum very quickly. I found it's quite quick once you kind of hit that. So for people listening, and I think a lot of people, they are going to relate to the looping patterns. I know yeah. my entire audience is going to relate to that. So how do we, for the people listening, how do we bridge the gap and see what might be under there? That's a little bit deeper. So say mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, I keep attracting, you know, the same relationship over and over of someone who doesn't treat me well, or I'm not you know, fully happy, or maybe it is money. Those are common ones. How do you, how do you recommend we start by seeing what, well, what's really going on here? Maybe not even the root cause, but even the root story or the root energy that's kind of causing this pattern. Is there a sort of a way that we can do that? Well, I think, I think there's a lot of ways that we can come at the answer to that question, because I feel like fundamentally what you're talking about or what you're asking for is how do we know, like, how does, how do we allow the soul to see the pattern, not just our human experience? Like how do we get the dots connected here? And so I think it might be interesting if you you and you listening um, had an opportunity to just kind of sit back in your life, ground yourself well, you know, put your feet on the ground, take some breaths, create a sacred environment for you that feels safe and supported and, and start with an inquiry of maybe writing downstream of consciousness, all of the looping experiences that you have had that has shown up in your life and whether they're not exactly the same, like, uh, I don't know, you know, my dad didn't give me any space. My last boyfriend was kind of clingy. Hey, okay. Um, I have these five dogs and I'm not, I, I feel like I'm trapped. You know, those three things are all sort of the same pattern. 
being constricted, being held back, can't get, can't move forward and start, I would just start looking at the web of what your life is teaching you. Like, what is, what are your struggles? What is your work? How is your work showing up for you? Do you have a boss that has some certain qualities that remind you of your mother's qualities? Hey, that's something. And so I would kind of make a life map about these sort of experiences that stand out to you as um, constricting or irritating or, you know, looping or like when you're anxious, if that's something that you've carried your whole life, maybe, maybe have you had that opportunity to look at your anxiety in, in situ, you know, like in situation and say, oh, well, you know, when I'm outside, I'm good. If I'm inside, if I go to my parents' house, if I go to this person's house, it gets worse. Is that person like your parents? And you start making this map. I feel like that would be a cool way to start because then you can identify the way that the patterns web each other. And you might be able to identify, wow, it's not anxiety. I'm actually terrified. Mm. I'm actually terrified. I don't feel at home in myself. I'm not okay in those places. Oh, what does okayness look like for you? And that's sort of the process I use with my clients. We speak through, I'm listening for the web. They don't have to do it. I do it. But that, you know, I can offer that practice as a, as a practice, because I, I do feel like we're all capable of putting these puzzles together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one that I'll do, and I'm curious to see your, your take on this is like, if someone's like, I can never get ahead of money. It's just always, I had debt in my twenties and I never, I'm always scraping by and say, it's a very sort of acute thing that they think is going on. What's going on with money. Sometimes like looking at the patterns of what is it, is it that it's hard that you can never make enough or is it that you make enough and spend it? And then I like to look at like, I mean, we get someone in the right situation for this, but what does that mean? I love that question. Like, what are you making that mean? What does that mean about you? And a lot of times I find that helps to kind of go like, oh, it means like I should be farther ahead. I should, I'm not where I'm meant to be. Okay. What does that mean? And sometimes that way we get to like, I'm not enough or something like that. And then it's like, okay, where does not enough show up in your life? And then it's like, oh, it's my body. It's my this. And yeah, my mom always used to tell me this, or my dad always used to, you know, and it's like, okay, because it is about an emotion and a story we're carrying, not so much about the pattern. The pattern I like to say is like the indicator light on your dashboard that the oil needs changing. You're not mad at the light. You're mad, you know, whatever you're mad at, but you don't get mad at the light. You go, oh, this is just telling me that the oil needs changing. Right. Yeah. And you know, there's, um, Another question that might be useful for your your, um, community is, um, and I say this with a lot of space, you know, I'm real mindful about the dynamic of sitting with somebody. I never wanted to tell someone their truth. You know, I think there's some danger in that. But I like that. I like the question, who told you that? Who taught you that? Where'd you hear that first? You know, because a lot of times we are sort of receiving that information. Another practice that I think would be useful, and this is like a really interesting practice, super simple that you could do, is called the thousand lotus petal meditation, the 
I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's the thousand lotus petal. It's either meditation or a practice, but you, you start with the center of a lotus flower and you write down what you're feeling in that moment, anger. And then you sit with the anger and you kind of go deeper. What's underneath that? Oh, frustration. And you write that in a petal and you sit with frustration. What's under frustration? Weariness. You write down weariness. What's under the weariness? Exhaustion. Write down exhaustion and, and you look at that. And in the next petal, you find out I'm unsupported. Mm. And you follow you like your own sacred witness through these experiences until you get to that last petal. And thank God there's a thousand of them. So that gives us a lot of room. But, you know, you get to the one that feels most uh, core. Mm -hmm. And then you could start looking at that pattern. When have I felt supported? Or when in my life have I also felt unsupported? And is that a looping pattern? Mm -hmm. So sometimes our looping patterns are disguised. It's not anger. It's weariness. It's unsupported. It's not seen. It's not heard. It's not acknowledged. It's not loved. It's, you know, so that's a super cool exercise that that your community might enjoy. Mm -hmm. And that is so true is like, you know, what's on the surface is not the problem. And the longer we stay in like, but it is the money, but it is my chronic pain, but it is my relationship. We're just sort of delaying the, um, the, the, the nugget that's really in there for us. And I love that you kind of touched on something that I've been saying a lot lately is like, stop resisting life so that life can finally show you why it's here. Mm -hmm. So it's like, stop resisting that pattern and just labeling it as wrong and bad and broken and trying to hustle to fix it or feel lost or feel like someone needs to fix you, save you, whatever, and step back and let life show you why that pattern is actually there. And that's when someone can support you in it versus fix you. And I say that to people too, like, I'm not here to fix anyone. I'm here to love and support and hold your hand and offer you tools. Not because you're not broken. You're there's, you're not broken. We just need to see what's kind of causing that resistance. So I'm curious, sort of bigger, like why, Mm -hmm. why have you become so focused on looping patterns and how does that, you know, impact, you know, what our soul is trying to create and what we're here for. And, you know, that type of energy of like, how does that hold us back? What happens when we start to see these patterns And yeah, why are you so passionate about that? Well, I think I'm, I love that question. And I think it's because I'm a big picture person. You know, I, because my, my early childhood experience was, Hey, we have a soul that when we die in the physicality, it goes somewhere. And I knew that. And when we're born, it's we're born with this animated identity in us, this light in us. And it's like, okay. And I also acknowledge like my perspective and and certainly anyone listening doesn't have to share this perspective, but I deeply believe in reincarnation because I've, I've seen evidence of that in my practice. And I've also seen evidence of working with people who are 89 years old, who are on their deathbed, who call me up. I mean, what courage and says, I have never been able to figure out why I feel so alone. And I don't want to take this with me to the next life. That's what makes me passionate because 
we can clean up and set ourselves free to have these miraculous lives at any stage. And I vote for let's do it early as possible so that life is easier because I'm also all about celebration. I love joy. I love having fun. If there's anything to celebrate in my household, we will like anything. We both had a good week and only had to go to the grocery store one time. Yes, let's go out to dinner, you know? And um, it's like, let's set ourselves free to live. And I think that's my passion for life and aliveness and helping people get unstuck and having the courage to change their life and having the wherewithal to kind of notice, oh, actually, I don't want to date you. I can see your pattern coming at me and I've been through that and I am, I'm going to go find somebody that can care for the bigness of who I am and not have that. Like, what did I, what am I missing out on feeling? Because I think when we come to unloop these patterns, what we're standing in is our wholeness and we're standing in a deep, deep, deep relationship to our integrity, not just ethical, but like constitutional, like mm-hmm. the light that is us. And it, it, we make the world better when we come from that place. So I'm also really passionate about this work because I feel like every time I end a session, it's like, oh my God, look at this beautiful light walking into the world wow, maybe it's selfish, but I'm so lucky to live in a world with beautiful people like you Mm. and get to bear witness to the courage of, I mean, I had a client, I always do a period of text chat after my sessions because I like, I like to make sure everybody that they feel supported. And she was saying, oh my God, I have realized that I can feed myself differently and I want to. For the first time in my life, I want healthy food in my body. I feel this might be too too much information, but my um, like my sexual energy has come back. Wow, that's your birthright. That's aliveness. And then she was saying how she was dreaming vividly, and and she was alive in her dreams. And she was saying, and and this person had like a, a sexual assault history. I mean, to be able to stand in the presence and want to feed your body and have like sexual energy come up for the first time in your life after a two-hour session, yes, girl, go get it. You got it. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful. Mm. It's beautiful. I can relate so much to being in such in in so much awe of my clients and it's the bravery and the willingness and how every single time what I would call the universe meets them and rewards them. And I think that gives me more confidence because in the beginning of my business, it was like, okay, what do I do? I got to take them through the right process. I got to, you know, I was probably seven, eight, 10 years ago in that fixing mode of like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm the person. And what do I, you know, I got to do this right. But what I've really recognized is like you say, once we hit on that right thing or 
they experience that transformation, the universe rewards them with these emotions and inspiration and ideas and love. And it is truly just so inspiring. And as much as I inspire my clients by sharing my story and things I've overcome, they're constantly inspiring me because they've been through different things and harder things and ups and downs, and they've faced their bravery and it makes me want to face mine. And it's, it is such a, a beautiful place when you're, um, in the face of people like everybody listening, that is so brave, you know, yeah. and willing to go there and willing to reprogram because they know they're meant for something bigger. So I really feel you in that. Why it's like, yeah, just, it's amazing. It's, yeah, it's so powerful. Um, and, so yeah, go ahead. Well, and I was also going to share that I think there's something really special about the work that we both do in in holding a very safe place. You know, I have a lot of trauma training and I have a very trauma informed practice. So taking, taking the space you need to take a breath, to re-anchor, but that also helps teach someone how to take a break and how to take a breath and how to reground. So it's just like, uh, I guess it's the educator in me that just really loves the exchange of energy that grows us collaboratively. Because I also feel strongly that we need each other to heal, myself included. You wouldn't believe the team of human beings that I have in my life that just keeps this little thing running, like, you know, acupuncturist, somatic experiencing, you know, the whole kit and caboodle. But I think it's important that we find our team, you know? Yeah. I say that all the time. I'm like, I have a team of people. Like this is not, <laughs> this is not just me. This is learning how to be supported um, mm-hmm. in all different ways. And so when we get to be that for somebody else in a sliver of their journey, it's such an honor. Like it's so much yeah. bigger than the business and the 5K, 20K months and the how many clients. Like it just <laughs> is so expansive and beautiful to actually be helping people on the path with our gifts. And so it, it, it's a testament to, to us and the other people out there that are serving others in all the ways, the mothers, the healers, the, you know, oh, everybody yeah. that's out there serving others. It's a testament too to how far we've come because we couldn't share this light if we didn't have it within us and had to overcome a lot to kind of get to this place and overcome is a weird word, but you know what I mean? Like we've moved through the rich experiences yeah. to really lean in, to be able to teach something. And so it's, yeah, it's such a profound journey. Um, I wanted to ask you about manifestation because that is kind of the center of what I'm obsessed with. The other day, my (laughs) husband's like, okay, we need to go to the store and I think we need cabbage and we need almond milk. And he's like, Talia, Talia. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just, I was just putting together something about the quantum field. And he's like, are you, are you listening? I'm like, oh yeah. Cabbage. Always wear my, (laughs) yeah. I'm like, oh, right. Grocery shopping. That's so boring. I'm always in the cosmos. Just kidding. We got to, got to balance the both, but um, I'm curious about manifestation and the art of creation. That's really what I look at it. It's like being able to materialize the life Mm -hmm. that you're meant for. I think that's what manifestation truly is, is how things go from thought to form or from Mm fit non-physical to physical. And and I just would love to hear just your take on the process of manifestation and how much ability we have to create physical, tangible things, as well as those states of being in our life. 
Okay. I think that's a super cool question. And I was just thinking like, wonder what aisle in the grocery store that's in, you know, <laughs> aisle three manifestation. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have a couple different ideas of places to start uh, with that question, because in one, when I heard the question the first time at the first level, I was saying, oh, well, remember what we see here in the world Every manifested thing in this world, including our bodies, is energy. Nothing is, you know, solid. We are all vibrating particles at various frequencies. So manifestation becomes the process of slowing down different energies from a field of all possibility, pure potential, and calling it forth in a vibration that's real for us. And so what that means in our everyday world is to me, how do I keep my energy system tuned and cleared and cleansed and empowered enough to be a translator for those higher frequencies and to to be able to pull from all potential and bring it into the real. And I'll tell you a funny story. This happened yesterday. I was working with my sound engineer and I had never met his wife or really didn't know much about him, but he was telling me about his wife. I'll call her Sarah. And um, I started hearing poetry about plants in my head. And I was like, well, that is just fascinating. I said, you know, Scott, this is, um, this is so strange. I just, I feel like your wife just, she must be a writer. She must have like, she's got all this beautiful plant poetry. He said, yeah, she's a writer and she's an herbalist. And I said out loud, boy, I would just love to meet her. And fast forward seven hours, my husband and I were walking in a garden and I walked past a woman and I heard that same poetry emitting from her field. And I was like, what? Are you kidding? And so I asked my husband, should I contact Scott and see if it's her? And he was like, no, he'll think you're stalking him. And so I slept on it and I woke up the next day to just as haunted as I could be just haunted. So I ended up emailing and saying, Hey, was your family at the gardens yesterday? Yeah, she was. So manifestation in that, I spoke the vibration, I would like to meet this person out. And the universe started organizing those energies around the vibration of that request. And boom, maybe I'll never meet her in real life and have a conversation with her. Maybe all we needed was to have our fields touch each other and that we both received what was needed in that moment. Or maybe it was for this conversation, <laughs> you know, who knows why, but that's what I feel like we're doing when we're manifesting. We are making a clear request for energies to rearrange themselves in the highest possibility mm-hmm. that's needed for us in that moment. And our clarity and our groundedness, which brings the power, allows that to happen. Mm. I love that. That's, 
just so beautiful because it is so true. It's a frequency that we are channeling. And when you hold that frequency sort of, I'm not even going to say long enough, because in your case, you just said it, but you're also a clear channel. But if say we want to attract something specific, we are called to go to Bali and we just know we need to go and we're, you know, working on manifesting or however you want to say it, a trip there, we hold that frequency, that vibration. It is like an organization of details, an organization of energy that comes into the material form. And I kind of that's how I see it as well as I was actually just recording a podcast episode this morning about how there is no blocking. There's only attracting. And so if we hold something for long enough, we attract it. And that could be the energy of debt, the energy of lack, the energy of not being enough, or it could be the energy of joy or whatever. And for you, you weren't necessarily holding the attract, the, the vibration of meeting the wife constantly, but you have, tuned and worked your channel to hold the frequency of miracles of what Mm -hmm. you desiring being able to materialize of not being in your own way constantly of also when you're next to her and you hear that same poetry you've tuned that channel to be open and available to what's coming for you so it's more than just holding the frequency of a million dollars a million (laughs) dollars it is about being that clear channel it is about being able to receive the ideas that will incrementally take you towards that million dollars or connecting with the right investor for your business that's looking to invest a million dollars in a business or however it could come to you. It's not just about that lump of cash coming. It's about being that channel, as you say, and focusing that energy. Um, that's kind of the way I'm saying it and what I'm, I'm also sort of building on what you said. And I just love the way that you're talking about that, that we are all just energy. And yes, we're called solid, like a solid form, but you come down to it and it's just a bunch of molecules vibrating together. And the other part of that that I love is that we are more space than matter. Even within the atom, there is more space than there is physical form or whatever we're going to call it matter. And space is synonymous with source. I just geek up on this stuff all the time. I'm like, we are more source than we are not source. (laughs) Like we really have to understand that. Um, So I just love that beautiful explanation of manifestation. Yeah. I mean, and it's a collaborative process. Mm -hmm. I think that's really also is illustrated in that story is that manifestation happens in collaboration with the divine, with each other, with the great field that's around us. And I was talking with a couple of my girlfriends yesterday, and we have these really interesting deep conversations, but one of them was saying how that very same day, When I met Sarah, which, you know, she doesn't know that I met her, which is kind of freaky, you know, I sort of feel like when, if I meet her, I need to apologize to her straight away. (laughs) But um, at any rate, there were other things happening that day with my friends that were connecting them to like an old boyfriend from a, a time when she lived in the UK and like. 20 years later, she's calling a company and he picks up the phone. Like there was some weird collaborative energy happening that day. And I think that being tuned to the relational fields is going to also help us in our manifesting because that's where we're going as a consciousness here. Mm. Our humanity is no longer individuated individuals. We are relying on each other. And so I feel like 
as we all try to manifest in our life, we, we, it would serve us well to think about um, how that manifestation serves others and what is the collaborative space of what you're bringing through, because I think that's where we're going. And I think that might be a secret key for us going forward in terms of our, our human evolution. Mm. Yeah. I was going to ask that next is about what would you say in whatever language you would use about manifesting from the soul and your, you know, fullest expression, um, living the life you came here intended the states of being the ways that you kind of the, the optimal path, I guess, Mm -hmm. which I know that we don't, I mean, the way that I see it is we don't have to live that optimal path. We show, we, you know, we signed up for an experience that it doesn't have to be one way, but there is sort of a fuller expression or tuning into the soul, getting it, being able to experience that fuller expression. So almost like, how do we know, or how would you say we know we're manifesting from that field versus just, I want stuff. I want the house that has to have five bedrooms and I want three children, two boys and one girl. And like, how do we know when we're manifesting more from what we would say ego or our desire to have versus our soul and what is the higher path for us? You know, my first thought was, do we ever not manifest from our soul? You know, do do we really, does it work that way? I mean, I suppose if I start thinking about black magic, about the manipulation of energies that are not of purest intent, then I think, okay, sure, there can be manipulation, but is that really manifesting? You know, and so I suppose I'm kind of sitting in this moment wondering if you really want to manifest that house and you get it, does it matter where it came from? Mm-hmm. You know, if you really want to manifest the three children and you have three beautiful children, wow, that means that the universe was listening to that request. And guess what? Maybe that big house might be more than you could bite off and chew, but your soul's going to learn from it. Mm -hmm. And maybe those three children, one of them is going to teach you some of the hardest damn lessons you've ever had in your life, but your soul's going to listen to it. So I actually think if we are able to uh, create the template for the universe to rearrange itself around what we're requesting, it's very likely it's coming from our essence. I think this is where we have to, and I say this all the time to myself, Amelia, you've got to be really careful what you speak out loud, Mm -hmm. really careful, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, as fast as some things happen in my life. um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, once you lay that template out of your mouth, it's out there. So I don't know if that is what you were going for, but I think that's where I sit with your question. Yeah, I love that. I never have an expectation of an answer. It's a, This is about a conversation and hearing your perspective. And I do love that. I think that sometimes I see people going after, and this has happened to me a million and two times, where I'm going after something material that's never coming. And I'm kind of, I kind of to go back to the looping, it's like, it's coming from lack. So I'm like, Oh, I just like, whenever, basically in my business, uh, when I started, I was all about like the 5k month, right? Because that's what every coach tells you you need. And when am I, and I need 10 new clients and they got to come by Monday and it Mm. was never happening. And I recognize at a certain point, 
that that's not at all what my soul was wanting. Yes. The money, the abundance, the feeling of freedom, overflow, all that great stuff. Yes. My soul wants that, but it was never about the 5k months. So when I pivot into how can I be of most service and experience that overflow of abundance for me, for my clients in general, when I'm giving back with my money, when I'm doing what I feel is good with my money, not good as in good and bad, but like, I want to gift people. I want to be generous. I want to buy my kids this. I want to save. I want to, you know, when I'm really tuned in, it's almost like that's when the money comes and it's not that I have to do something specific for the money to come, but it's when I tap into a higher desire, I think is maybe where this is going. When I tap into a higher desire, it is it floods in versus 5K month, 5K month. Like that almost pushed it away because it was about something that I think was coming more from the, um, you know, then I'll be enough and then I'll prove mm. my mom wrong or then I will be in a, a established coach when I'm making 5K months. Like, what does that even? mean when I tap into freedom and overflow and service and good vibes, that's when it comes so much easier. I think that that's kind of what was leading to that question before is that I do notice a difference in like what part of me is desiring this. Is it because I'm not enough or is it because it's part of my fullest expression? Yeah. And that, you know, that not enoughness that was speaking, that's an overlay, you know, it's not less than darker than you know, it's an overlay of something. And you said it, my mother taught me that. Mm. Where'd you find that? You know, am I going to be okay? It's about safety. Then we would want to explore where have you not been safe? Because you're right. All it is manifesting is about making a request in a clear way, the clearest way. And so we want to get at the clarity of the voice and the soul Mm. to allow the I to allow those energies to unfold in the template. Like I know an incredibly talented man who works with music. He's just extraordinarily talented. And every time I sit with him, he'll say something to me like, I'm gonna mess this up. And I just I kind of want to go, that's an overlay. Can we please work on that? Because literally I can see in his field, he has everything that he needs. He's just got this film right over the edge. That's just keeping him from what, I mean, heaven and God and all the spirits only know how much. And so it's just interesting. I mean, our goal is really like, how do we speak from our deepest truth and what keeps us from that? And how do we clear it? And how do we get home? and keep on. Mm. Oh, I love that. This has been so incredible. So much gold in this episode and in our conversation today. Is there anything else that you want to say that you haven't yet said, or to build on anything that we've been talking about really co-creating this life that we're here for and essentially like the self mastery experience of, you know, releasing that resistance and seeing where we are looping on these patterns, what it's teaching us, all the goodness we covered. Is there anything else you want to say? Um, well, Talia, I think I've said like a lot. (laughs) I hope I haven't been too confusing, (laughs) but I suppose if I was to like, just want to leave your beautiful community with an affirmation, it would be that regardless of what is going on around you, there's always another choice. You know, we get so, so fixated on the two poles. Like, like, for example, if I quit my job, I won't have a job. 
But like, what about all those choices in between? Like, so remember, like, ask yourself, what else? What else is true here? What else is true here? What else is true here? And just see where that soul is going to speak you forward in your capacity to dream yourself into being. What else? Mm, I love that. And for people that that feels like they haven't yet deciphered, like, okay, what's my soul and how do I know? How would you describe when you ask a question like that, how it feels when the soul responds or, and I know it's different for everyone, but what's Mm -hmm. your experience that way? How do they know? Like, yeah, that was definitely beautiful emotion or guidance from the soul. That's a beautiful question. I mean, I think it's easy. It's easy and it feels solid. It feels like something that you can really hang your hat on. And it doesn't necessarily, it's not easy sometimes in what it will represent in the world, but it's easy to feel it in your own body. Sometimes our deepest truths are going to rattle some things out in the world. And that's okay. It's okay to make waves. It's okay to stand for what you believe in. One of my dear teachers used to say, you can say anything with soft, round words. Mm. You can say, I don't need to be in this conversation anymore. Not to you. I meant, (laughs) you know, in general, you know, with somebody who's kind of in your boundary, you know what? You're in my boundary. I don't feel comfortable I'd like to revisit this at another time. You can say anything with soft round words. And then on the other hand, sometimes it's good to make a little noise. You know, I'm not saying or advocating for using soft round words if you're in an abusive relationship or if you're being hurt. You know, there are other ways to, to take actions for yourself and keep yourself safe. But, you know, just wanting to acknowledge that. But, but really remembering that your soft round words are going to carry that voice of your soul wherever you need to be taken. Mm, I love that. And you're, you're so right to me, this, the tone of the soul and I'm very clear audience. So a lot of my stuff is hearing a lot of where I connect deeply with angels, soul, the universe in general, but it is so solid and it's not wavering. It's not fluffy. It's just like, sometimes it's like you are enough. Like almost like, listen to me, like a, like a parent getting down on their knees and looking you in the eye and being like, you've got this, or, Mm -hmm. you know what you need to do or specific action or whatever, but it's so solid that I'm like, Oh, you're right. I know (laughs) it's never this, like, Oh, it's always like, man, I I feel that that's true. I might be terrified. Like you said, sometimes it's going to ruffle feathers or to be struck with your own truth is sometimes scary because you've been avoiding it, but it's true and you can feel it in your bones and it in your cells. And I feel like that's that's how I know. That's like that grounding work. You know, you go to my website, you see this person's a grounding and energy medicine specialist. That's what we're talking about. That, Mm -hmm. that grounded nature of your soul that you can really sit with and bring to the world, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And it's easier. Honestly, here's the big secret guys. It's easier to live this way the world will start moving in around you so that you don't have to dance so much in the world. It's really, it's really cool. I want that for everybody. Mm -hmm. Oh, I feel that from you. And it is so true. It is easier. I, I, the way it 
assume or the way that I see it, and it doesn't have to be hard, hard as a story, but I do recognize that it's more difficult in the very beginning because we're breaking free of old patterns. And maybe we're, we've never been taught how to do this. It might be scary. We might originally have those fears of what if I get taken advantage of? What if it doesn't work? What if my soul tells me to go do X, Y, Z, or, you know, people could come into it nervous and we have space for that. And we love you. And that's understandable. But once you dive in or start tiptoeing or dip your foot, you'll recognize exactly like you're saying, it's easier to live this way because yeah. I, I do believe life is meant to be easy. Not every single moment is easy, but when you learn to accept the assignments or go along with it, it becomes like you're saying so much more joyful and easier. And yeah. I mean, for me, I'm not triggered as much and things just flow easier and I get an idea and then, you know, it really helps to transform people's lives and it pans out or I'm more patient with my children. I'm more loving of myself. I'm more nourishing of my body. It's like, it just does get easier without effort. I'm not going to town on, I got to be patient today and I got to eat salad and I have to rest properly. It's like, ah, I just get to be. And that's what, to me, what, how I know that I'm clicking into that is it does feel easier. And I love that you touch on that. Yeah. Cool. Mm. Thank you so, so much for everything you've offered today. I'll put all of your links in the show notes, but can you let us know where's a great place to find you? Are you on social media um, for people that are wanting to find you and hang around and see what you're up to? Where's the best place for us to go? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Amelia Vogler underscore healing, or um, hop on my website, um, ameliavogler.com. And we have, you know, one thing I do host is a free quiet time series twice a month. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, just come drop in. It's 15 minutes of quiet time. Because I think, you know, we used to put our children in sort of quiet time when there was a lot of stimulation. Um, I think we could serve to revisit that time for ourselves. So if you're having trouble carving out a couple minutes to be quiet and sit with your soul, come join us. Oh my goodness. That is beautiful. Um, definitely send me the link so I can personally sign up and also put it in the show notes. I've never heard of anyone offering something like that. That is so beautiful and so needed. Yes, yeah. we can always take more webinars and workshops, but what about the quiet and what about yeah. the being? Quiet time. And it's, um, there's no registration. So honestly, just put the zoom link up and just come, come in, drop in. So beautiful. Well, thank you so much again. This has been so nice. I thank you for sharing your light with the world and with us today. And I can't wait to follow you and check out what you're doing and follow along on your journey. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye everybody. Have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I genuinely hope that it helped you in your life and it inspired you. If you want to find more from me and my guests, make sure to check the link in the show notes, find us on Instagram, find us on Facebook. I am at Talia Joy Manifestation. Make sure to take a screenshot that you're listening to the show. Come and tag us over on Instagram. Let us know your takeaways. We love to hear about people manifesting their dream lives. So make sure to check the link in the show notes. There are also some free goodies down there for you. I'll see you in the next episode.